Daily Dribble. And welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet. Here back, the dynamic duo once again. Joining me is Mr. Roy Hancock. How are we, Nick? Mate, I tell you what, I'm sweating absolute bullets in the studio here today. It's a little, uh, what was it, 34, I think it got to 36 degrees in the, in the city centre. It is a cooking day down here in Tassie. And we need to preface this as well for our international viewers, I guess. 34 or anywhere in the 30s for Tasmania is the equivalent of 50 plus Celsius. As, anywhere else. Mate, it's sweltering. I, I'm going to have to keep my arms down this episode yeah, yeah. to avoid the old sweat pit reveal, but um, it's it's been a hot one. Amen to that. It was, a, it was a big choice going into this one to kind of avoid the greys, avoid <laughs> no gray you know, any any uh, kind of colour that was going to do us a disservice. But, yes. you know, you and I are back tonight. Lee, big shout out to him. He's going on a little valent- a, a, a late Valentine's date tonight mm-hmm. with, his, with his partner, Asia. So mm-hmm. I hope he has a terrific night. He'll be back with us again next week. Absolutely. But you and I are going to run it up tonight. We're going to chop it up and discuss off the back of our episode last week. We spoke about all the trades that went down over deadline day. Uh, and what a week that was. Huge. You and I tonight are going to discuss some of the winners and losers to come out of out of that that deadline, um, you know, day mm. drama, to be honest. Uh, for better or worse, there was a lot of action, a lot of moving parts, and we're kind of going to elaborate on what we spoke about last week. So certainly looking forward to getting into that one momentarily. Very keen. Guys, a big shout out once again to Stadium Scene and The Cover, two networks doing tremendous things for us and other content creators out there. Say it week in and week out. We certainly do appreciate all their continued love and support of our good work here at The Daily Dribble. Now, I did also mention, I just wanted to kind of a, a little tangent, just a brief one. Oh, that's unlike you, Nick. On my uh, NBL show the other night, uh, fantastic stuff there. What a week from the NBL it's been. Another big episode coming up this week. Mm. Um, I mentioned just a, a shout out to anyone in the US or around the world watching the uh, the Super Bowl. Mm, what yes. a spectacle that was during the week. The Chiefs getting up, Patty Mahomes, MVP, um, just kind of building on his resume and his legacy there. Uh, what a game it was. I don't want to touch too much on the game. I just want to shout out. <laughs> did, did you see the, uh, the national anthem there? Uh, yeah, I think I did. Yeah. Now, I, I, like I'm Australian, I bleed the Australian colours here. Um, I love Australia. I think it's the most wonderful country to live. But I there's something that gets me about the US. The hairs like when, on the back of your neck when, when that anthem starts. When the anthem starts, Chris Stapleton the other day, he for me was the MVP of the whole day. Mm. When he did the Star Spangled Banner, there's something about it that just gets me up and about, like, as I said, Australian through and through, but there's something that just makes me want to put my hand over my heart, <laughs> real patriotic towards the US there. But um, it was incredible. Did you see it? I did see it, and I know oh. exactly how you feel. I And it takes me back to when I went over to the States and I was in Madison Square Garden watching the Knicks play the Clippers. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I have not one connection to North America no. in the slightest. But when that anthem started, just oh. the shivers that run down your spine. It's incredible. And you sort of feel like you you are, you have always been a part of that um, Absolutely. that country. And it's, I, I know exactly where you're coming from. It's, it's amazing. Mate, and it's a sight to see. The rendition that Chris Stapleton did, multi, just award-winning artist. It was a real kind of rustic tone. And you could see during the, as it was going on during the mm. broadcast, the amount the players that were crying during it, like the tears welling up, I really felt something there. So I uh, just it, 
It, it certainly it certainly does depend on how that anthem's delivered. We think back to a few years ago, Fergie, oh, oh, All-Star game. There's, there's, there, there has been some shockers, but compared to our advanced Australia <laughs> Shaka fair, Khan. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Real, real ones remember. That's Shaka infamous. Khan. That is infamous. Um, there's something about it. So shout out. What a spectacle, the Super Bowl. Let's go on, get on with some uh, NBA chat, though. Let's go. Odds and ends. Let's start. During the week, LaMarcus Aldridge was working out with the Dallas Mavericks. Mm. Now, it'll be interesting to see if he can gain a spot on their roster. Average 13 points per game last season with the Nets. Uh, 37 years old. He could certainly add some veteran leadership to a squad that's, you know, it's been run now by Luca and Kyrie, mm. but just having kind of an, an old vet within the squad, I think, could probably impart some valuable insight and wisdom there. No doubt. Like these guys who have been there and done that, that's super invaluable. And particularly for these contending teams who just need, like I'm not going to say he's going to be the difference, but these guys can certainly um, be beneficial come the pointy end of the year when you're looking for that guy to come off the bench to just give you a handy, you know, 10 minutes or whatever the case might be. Steady the ship a little bit as well, isn't it? It's... um. I'd, I'd be taking this any day of the week if I was a, if I was some average. If they can make that happen, make it happen. And I think so as well. And I think for him as well, it'd be nice to kind of, you know, he, he's had some health concerns, different, you know, various things of the kind. Mm. It'd be nice to see him end end his career on his own terms, yep. um, end the way he wants. And I think I still think he could certainly provide valuable minutes to a Mavericks team that, at, at, for as good as they are, it does lack that little bit of leadership. So mm. it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out for sure. Mm. Keep an eye. Absolutely. During the week, some bad news if you're a Pelicans fan. Now, it's just, it's almost, it's laughable. It's sad, but it's mm. almost laughable. In fact, during the week, David Griffin, Pelicans GM, came out and said that Zion had re-aggravated his hamstring injury. Um, he looks set now to miss multiple weeks. They'll reevaluate him after All Star Weekend, which is pretty much on our doorsteps as mm-hmm. we speak. Mm-hmm. But for me, I really think it's like for the Pelicans, their whole season, their whole kind of playoffs aspirations really hinge on him being healthy. And at the moment, no the way things are going, it just doesn't ever feel like things are going to quite going to click for them. It gets to a point, doesn't it? Like we've seen over the. You know, since his career started, essentially, like he's been a guy who you just can't rely on being out there for a full season. And it's such a shame that someone with the potential that Zion does have, a guy who at his very best could be MVP caliber, at his very best can help this team, you know, into true contention. But when he's out, uh, the Pelicans look really ordinary and I just don't have faith at this point. And I'm not sure about you going forward, Nick, but I don't have faith that we're going to see anything different from Zion in terms of his injury concerns. I saw a bit of an analogy during the week that it was something like Zion's pretty much trying to run with a V8 engine or a Ferrari engine (laughs) in a a Mack truck body. It's a bit like that. It's a real kind of, it's a real dilemma because you see what the upside is. And it's Mm. just, as you said, MVP level, he does. He's a transcendent performer. Mm. Um, we've really seen players like him within the league history, and on his day, he is as good as anybody, as dominant as anybody. But the fact is, like, if you're not on the court, you can't impact and you know positively impact your team. And uh, the way things are going at the moment, things were really looking up for the Pelicans probably, you know, six to eight weeks ago. Mm. Uh, but since that time. You know, things have kind of come to a grinding halt. They're currently in a bit of a play-in battle. 
things are certainly congested within that Western Conference at the moment. Uh, I, I really think if they are to go far, go deep and actually make some waves, it, it does hinge on his health, which is not guaranteed at the moment. Well, isn't it crazy how even before he began his career, we had these initial concerns, didn't we, that mm. he could potentially be a guy who we won't see the best out of just due to the fact that he's got this <laughs> peculiar body type that's probably not best <laughs> suited to an NBA um, player. And it's certainly not the traditional NBA body type. In saying that, he's an absolute superstar when he's out there. But, you know, it's sort of come to fruition, the fact that this guy just can't have a consistent stretch of games without being injured. And it's really affecting the franchise. And you just wonder how long it'll take until, you know, this becomes even more of a talking point. Well, here's a question for you, and and I'll answer it as well off the back of your answer. If you were a player and you had the choice, you know, where where it's... We're in 2K, customizable body. Love this. Mm. Would you rather have a Zion-type body, like a bit shorter but considerably heavier mm. um, by normal NBA standards, mm-hmm. or would you rather have like a Shet Holmgren, Victor Wembenyama kind of a real almost string bean mm. um, kind of approach to it? Really, really tall, but, you know, just all limbs. Well, this is both, funny. Both pose quite significant injury injury scares and risks. Exactly. My thoughts exactly, Nick. And the fact of the matter is that you can't be confident as a GM coming in, like drafting these type of players, thinking they're going to go throughout the course of their career without any injury concerns because Shit, they're both, shit's already down for the whole shit's year. Shit's down for the whole year already. Um, to answer your question, though, I think for me personally, there's something super special about these guys over seven foot who have the just the handles and the three-point shooting ability. The mobility that these guys, well. mobility. Yeah. Yeah. There's something really special about that. So I would go with that in saying that Zion is a freak of nature and to have a physique like Zion, you'd be considered a very lucky human being. Yeah, I I, I think I tend to agree with you. Um, a little part of me kind of leans towards Zion if you can lose maybe 10, 10 pounds or so, 10 to 15. Yeah, yeah. I reckon he would have a mad, mad beach body. If he dropped, dropped a couple of kegs, like just all muscle, just a lean, mean fighting machine. Yeah, um, not Zion after Thanksgiving. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not after Thanksgiving. I'm <laughs> sure that didn't do any favours for him and his strict diet regime. Um, but shout out to Zion there. Hopefully he gets healthy. We certainly hope so, not only if you're a Pelicans fan, but from a league perspective as a whole, as I said, he is really a transcendent talent um, that we want to see more of on the court. Mm. Let's move ahead. As I said, All-Star Weekend is right upon us. Next week we'll do a bit of a, a recap of how that all played out. Um, I know for us, it's certainly an exciting time of year. It's nice to almost have a little bit of a break from the regular season games, yeah. kind of unwind with just some, you know, almost theatrical type events. Yeah. Um, nevertheless, it still poses some exciting moments mm. and no more so than the three-point contest. Mm. Now, I'm going to rip through who was announced as the participants in this one. Uh, we'll just make note that Julius Randle, after being confirmed in it due to injury, he's uh, he's... Oh, sorry, Anthony, Anthony Simons, mm. um, after being included in it, is set to miss due to an ankle injury he suffered the other day. Julius Randall will take his spot. Poor party rock anthem. Party rock anthem. But here's the list. I want you to give me your winner, Rose. So we've got Jason Tatum, mm. Damian Lillard. We've got Kevin Herter, Tyler Harrow, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Hield, Damian Lillard, Julius Randall now, and Laurie Markinen. Mm. So, on that basis, who's your pick? Who's taking it out? Now, I was thinking about this the other day when I was looking over the candidates, and 
I think for me, Buddy Hield, when he gets but. going, is an absolute. He, he can't miss, like essentially. And I think this kind of like there's no pressure on, pressure on him really. Like it's yep. just the three point contest and All Star Weekend. I think if he can get going early, if he can knock down a few early ones, he would certainly be my pick in saying yeah. that. There's a few guys in there who are capable of knocking down near on every bucket really I lo- on I love day. this. Compared to some of the other events, like the, the three-point contest, you know, I don't want to discredit the dunk contest in any way, but when you look at the talent in this actual event, the three-point contest in comparison, it's head and shoulders it's above, isn't and it? cheese, isn't it? It's awesome to see. It's yeah. awesome to see. So, so you reckon Bud's... My pick would be Bud, and he, he might okay. not be the biggest name out of that lot. Certainly not the biggest name, but he can absolutely light it up if he gets going. Okay. Well, I'm I'm probably going to lean towards arguably the biggest name. Mm-hmm. I think it's Dame time. Dame. I think Dame, and I purely give that just for the fact that the due over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. due, pun intended here, as, as I'm about <laughs> to go to the joke, uh, since the Jew Bowl has come in there, the yeah. Mountain Jew Bowl, uh, I think it really offers an opportunity for him. Like, that's a range he excels. Doesn't like, he? Oh. It, it's, for a lot of players, it's deeper than they normally go, but it's a range that Dame really excels in. Uh, it's prime Dame range, isn't it? It is prime Dame range. And I, I see him taking it out. Uh, I reckon a sneaky outside chance, though, Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, really? Okay. I, I'm yes. certainly yep. not saying put the house on it, but if you were to uh, look at the odds, I'm not sure what they're paying. Um, and wanted just maybe a bit of a, a rougher outsider. I reckon Halliburton mm. could be up there. But, a little dark horse. Uh, well, now that we're putting dark horses out there, go for it. Red Velvet. Kev. Yeah. Now he's not very dark. Water. He's not very dark. He's probably got the most pale complexion in the NBA. Casper. I think so. Spare. I think so. I relate to that man on many levels, <laughs> apart from the three point shooting <laughs> and athletic ability. But yeah. I think he could be one who's just knocked down, stand, shoot. Like I think these guys, to be perfectly honest, who don't have the expectations to win it coming in, often do really well. How do you, how do you say his last name? How do you? I say Kevin Herder. Now, yeah. what actually is it like? What's the? I'm, I I think it's Kevin Huerta. Like Huerta. <laughs> Huerta. I I'm not a fan of that. That's like Family Guy. Have you seen that Kevin episode? Cool whip. Cool whip. Yeah. yeah I, I, Stewie. It's got a bit Little of that cool about whip. it, and I, I'm not sure about it. That's a, that's a great comparison. <laughs> I. Don't want to even say anything more because you've you've summed that up on a great note. Oh, um, in other events, <laughs> cool, that's stuck in my One head of the now. Best it's an incredible scene. Family Guy as a whole is just oh, a phenomenal series. Yes, um, almost maybe underrated in this day and age, just yeah. because of so many other shows coming to life since Netflix and things of the kind. But you know, from an animated series, that's that's right up there. Let's start a second podcast, Family Guy, scene oh. by scene. Don't, don't tempt me. Oh. Don't twist my arm because I'll be there. Um, in other events, the dunk contest. So we've got Kenyon Martin Jr., Mac McClung, Trey Murphy the third, and Jericho Sims. Mm-hmm. Again, it's uh, it's not a star-studded class. Not by um, any means. By any means compared to the three-point contest. It could be some excitement there. The reigning champ coming back, Jericho Sims. What do you reckon there? I'm, I'm going to back it on the G League guy, Mac, Mac McClung there. I'm I'm backing him in. He's yeah. Look, a lot of his uh, like a lot of the Jericho reason Sims didn't win it last year, did he? I don't think so. No, no. no. As I said, I was thinking of Obi Tobin. You see, that's just it's, it's just not it's, memorable. At the dunk all. contest, and I digress a little bit as mm. to about to say who you were going to win mm. it, bro. But the dunk contest just needs someone, you know, to come in a, a top tier talent 
and just take ownership. Say, I'm going in, I'm going to win this, whether it's mm. a, a Zion or a Jar. Or, like when you look at this as an event, the quality and the actual, I guess, credibility of it mm. has diminished considerably over the last couple of years. And mm. it really is a shame. Here's one for you though. Do you reckon the reason that a lot of these guys aren't participating, we talk about Zion, LeBron, Jamarant, yep. these blokes. Do you think the reason comes down to the fact that if they don't win it, it almost seems like a failed venture or is it more of an injury concern or is it more of a, I'm not putting myself down to that level type yeah. of situation? I think there's a few things weighing up on their mind, but I'm not really sure what it actually is specifically. It's a great point. I reckon it's probably a little bit of a combination of the three. Mm. Um yeah, mm, like when, toughie, you think, isn't it? when you think about it now with injuries and load management certainly comes into play. It's, you know, it's just another opportunity to potentially be injured mm. um, due to the credibility of it diminishing over the years. You know, players thinking, okay, I don't want to go down to that level now because it's, you know, it's sitting at a pretty bleak level. Mm. Uh, but I certainly hope over the coming years, something changes and to kind of restore it to its former glory. Even just a couple of years ago, Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine, you look at Vince Carter kind of running the running the scene there. Mm. Uh, there is potential there if it's done right, but, um, you know, take nothing away from the guys doing it this year. I, I certainly hope they put their best foot forward. Uh, who's your pick, Rob? Uh, my pick, likewise with you, Nick, is Mac McClung. Yep. Um, it'd be fun just seeing it, this little G-Liga. this white bloke, G-League, uh, take it a two-way out. contract now. Is it two-way, I believe, but with the uh, Philadelphia Philly? 76ers? Did see that. So uh, and a I nice opportunity what, there for him. The good thing about even though it's hard to find many positives when you look at that lineup, the good thing is the bar for that dunk contest is set very, very low. Amen. So people will be coming into that thinking this is just going to be an absolute awful watch. Yep. And if one or two of them brings out like an unbelievable dunk, which they're capable of, then people will be sort of thinking, oh, that was actually a bit better than I thought it actually might be. Um. So who knows? Just speaking of the three-point contest, a guy we didn't mention within that, Jason Tatum, Big shout out to him. Mm. Got a little bit of trivia for you, Ro. Uh, during the week, he became the youngest player in NBA history to record 1,003 pointers made, 24 years of age, 344 days. Now, I'm not sure if you may have seen this during the week. No. Do you know who he, who previously held the record? For the youngest player to the hit 1,000? The youngest player to hit a. Thousand threes. Three pointers. Oh, gee. Now, I'll give you a clue. It's, it's, it's a current guy. Current Probably guy. not a guy you think of, you know, in the top tier level of three-point shooters oh, within the league. Oh, that's, and that's, I'll give you a clue. It's in the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference. Three-pointer. Uh, or oh, I don't want too much dead air, Nick. <laughs> you just um, give us okay, I'll go. give you a clue. He played today. Played today. Now, now oh. there wasn't many games. Um, now, who played today? I'm I was just, busy at work. <laughs> yeah, you were busy at work. Busy, busy, busy man you are, aren't you, bro? Uh, there, there was... Okay, so there's three teams it could be. So yeah. it's from either the Bucks, okay, the Bulls, or the Wizards. Three Eastern Conference teams that played today. Uh, Brad Bill? Mate, you're on the money. Bradley <laughs> Bill yeah. previously held the record at 25 years of age, 233 days. Mm. Well done there. Well done there, mate. The only other step we had was you giving me his initials. (laughs) Well, that's all right. Um, But we got there. But what a phenomenal milestone for Tatum. And it's a guy, again, you know, granted he's in the three-point contest, probably not a guy we associate with the top 
you know, three-point shooters within mm. the league. Mm. Um, but funny. a phenomenal milestone, nevertheless, for him. Absolutely. Shooter's going to shoot. Oh, and he can he can bloody shoot. He's, he can knock it down when it counts. He's filling them up. Well, let's let's round through this in quick time here, Ro. The last event was the Skills Challenge. Now, they're running it back with the, uh, the three-team, uh, kind of three-team format. So we've got Team Antetokounmpo's once again returning, Tanasis, Giannis, and Alex. Into Kumpo? Expect Alex to carry that trio very I'll, comfortably. I would mm-hmm. certainly think so. Mm. We've got Team Jazz consisting of Jordan Clarkson, Walker Kessler, Colin Sexton. And then we've got Team Rooks consisting of Paolo Bencello, Jane Nivey, and Jabari Smith Jr. Okay. Who's your money on? Um, give me it again. Let's have a look. Into uh, Kumpo's Team Jazz or Team Rooks? I'm going to lock in. Team Jazz for mine. You I know think... what? I'm thinking them too. Mm, I think I they've think got that... a nice a nice mixture of really competent ball handling. Um, they've got a big there in Walker who can can mm. handle the rock a little bit there. Um, You've got a multi MVP on one team, but they're coming in dead last. Like unfortunately, like I think so too. I, I think Team Rooks are probably going to be close second. And, yeah. And to to Kumpo, uh, team to Kumpo. might be go trailing. On, go with... on, give it one more time. And to Dekumpo. You see, I feel like Lee, Lee, like when we started the podcast, mm. Lee had it pretty down packed. He early. did. Um, he was off the ball real quick. And I, I think I was the the last one to get it. Like I struggled for so, so long. Okay, now you're on this. And you're on combo. Yep. I'll I feel like I'm starting time. to get it now, which is good because like even just looking at it gave me like severe anxiety. He's only been in the league nine to 10 years, so it's fine. Better, better late than eventually. never. But I'm with you. I reckon Team Jazz get it there. Nevertheless, as we said, all-Star Weekend coming up. It's going to be an absolute spectacle in Salt Lake City there. You know, as basketball fans and podcasters, it's great for us. We're certainly looking forward Super to it. Super fun. We will recap all the news, all the action from that next week. So be sure to tune into that. Subscribe wherever you listen to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you watch us on YouTube, uh, subscribe so as to never miss another episode. Good stuff. All right, last point from odds and ends before we get into it, guys. The news Coming out per Shams during the week, Russell Westbrook has been left out in the cold. Poor Russ. As per Shams, no teams are currently interested in signing Russell Westbrook. The Clippers and Bulls over the last week or two were the teams most heavily linked mm. with possibly signing him. Yet now that's also gone out the window. And, you know, there's, there seems to be nothing on the cards, likely currently residing on the Utah Jazz. You know, it's quite a shame, isn't it, for a former league MVP has has been quite a fall from grace. He deserves better, doesn't he, Russ? And he's a um, he's a figure that it conflicts he's people. Isn't he's he? polarizing. That was the word I was looking for. Um, but yeah, I just think at the end of the day, he will find somewhere. But the fact that it's taking so long must be a little demoralizing for him, really, to give have given so much to the game over the course of his career, and you know, people have put him as the scapegoat for the Lakers at times this season. And it's completely unfair. It's a um, shame. It is a shame. What, in your opinion, as a Lakers fan, who's recently, who's recently occupied the LA purple and gold, what's your, uh, what's your read on this? Like, why do you think that he isn't being given a, any opportunities straight off the get go? Well, I think it's partly, it's kind of like a Tobias Harris situation. When you're paying a guy as much as, as much as you're paying Russ, mm-hmm. There's a certain expectation that comes with that. And given his current level of play, what he's been producing, 
it it's not quite up to speed. So it's more financial from your perspective. Well, I think so. I think it's just, you know, the kind of expectation of of what you want to get for what you're paying. Mm. You know, during the week, um, or actually today, put up a post on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, the daily dribble guys, um, put up a post and it was just kind of outlining this whole Russell Westbrook situation. Now, here we go. Across 52 games this season, he's averaged 16 points, six rebounds, seven and a half assists mm. off the bench, mind you. Mm. But he shot the ball at 41.5% from the field, which is poor for, mm. on 14 mm. attempts a game, 29.5% from the three-point line, oh. and 65.5% from the free-throw line. So my kind of point with that, when I put up the post, it was I think Russ still has a – he still has a spot mm. within the league. Mm. But he needs to go to a team and to a coach where there can be certain parameters put onto how much he does in an offense, because he's he's not at the MVP level. I think in his head he kind of he thinks he's a top 10, 20 player within mm-hmm. the league. The reality is he's not that at the moment. Uh, so I think it's kind of treading the line of you know giving him enough enough lead to kind of go out and flourish, mm-hmm. but not giving him so much that he chokes himself. I think himself. I, I completely understand and. I think there's a real risk of this becoming somewhat like a Carmelo Anthony situation where in their own heads, they probably feel like they could still lead a team to the playoffs. They probably mm. feel like they're the super like legitimate superstar they w- once were. Yep. But in reality, like you Not get it. to a point of in your career and you have to accept the role that this franchise gives you. And a lot of these guys can't bring themselves to do that, particularly after being a focal point on their teams for so long. Father we saw time what takes happened. no prisoners. It doesn't really. And, you know, like we look at Carmelo, this bloke can't, he isn't getting any gig in any team. And I don't think he will ever again. And I know Russ has probably got a few more years and he's got a lot more to give. So he does still have a spot in the league in your eyes? Undoubtedly has yeah, a cool. spot in the league. Okay. Um, there, was a, there was a bit of that today on our post, which is great. Go check it out. Run it up. Uh, good numbers there. But the, the fact that some people thought that maybe he was done and dusted. No, no, he's he's absolutely not done and dusted. And um, it's just going to be a matter of finding that right fit for Russ. Yeah. And it's going to be a bit of give and take. It's going to be a compromising situation where we'll give you the contract, but you're going to have to play the exact role that we're set out for you. And absolutely. I think eventually that will happen. But there's probably teams who are a bit cautious, given the size of his contract, given, I guess, what his expectations might be in regards to his role. I think it might take a little bit longer, but he'll be out there. No doubt about it. There you go. No truer words ever spoken than what Rose just said. Guys, let's move ahead. Daily dribble. Okay. As we said, off the back of last week, we kind of discussed all the trades that went down over the trade deadline period. What an incredible week it was. Probably one of arguably the most chaotic trade deadlines in recent memory that I can probably recall. If you could overdose on basketball, Nick, I'd be flatlining. Mate, I would, like, I'm so glad that it's All-Star Weekend this week. Just, you know, there's a little bit of a, a little bit of respite off regular season games, mm. a little bit of a, a chance to just kind of reset, refresh, because that was chaotic to the nth degree. I love packed. it. I love it, but it certainly took it out of me. Exhausted, mate. I I was have a nice bath after that one, mate. After that, I think it was the Friday because we were recording that night, and I was like, I actually feel mentally drained. Yep. Trying to keep up with everything with that went down, I was like, mm. I feel like I'm missing something. There's you know moving parts everywhere. There was a lot going on. 
So we kind of last week we went went through, if not all, like most of the trades. I uh, think so, yeah. But today we thought we'd just elaborate on that a little bit further and give some of our winners and losers that we took out of this whole situation. Mm. Do you want to start with winners or losers, right? Um, winners first, and you kick us off. Winners, winners are grinners. Winners all right, are mate. Grinners. Well, my first winner here was the LA Clippers. Mm. Now, I hate saying this. Shout out to Matty B uh, from the Fifth and Dribble podcast. The lad's doing good things over there if you're an NBA, NBL, or NRL fan. Mm-hmm. Um, How much it, of this will be sincere, Nick? <laughs> Fair bit. As, as a Lakers fan, this is a bit of pill to swallow. <laughs> um, but no, they, they really mm-hmm. had a phenomenal trade deadline period. Mm-hmm. Their depth was already fantastic. Like arguably one of the best in the league up there mm-hmm. with the Celtics and a few other teams. They lost Reggie Jackson. They lost Luke Kennard. But what they got back, I think, just really elevates them once again into the forefront of people's minds. Mm. They added Bones Highland from the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> got Eric Gordon, that elusive yep. piece that you know we thought would be traded many eons ago from the Houston ago. Rockets. <laughs> and adding Mason Plumley from the Charlotte Hornets, I think is probably their biggest acquisition. Mm. Now, that was a spot that really, you know, Zubach, is, is a starting center. No worries whatsoever. Mm. Often they might have been running to Moses Brown or someone behind him. You know, I watched the game today that went down a little bit earlier between the Clippers and the Suns. What Plumley? he can put the ball on the floor. He was he was running full court with the ball. Same it, point. He, he was almost like point Plumley. Mm. And I'm all for it. Point like, I haven't called him that once in my life, but again, and he you can. probably won't hear it again in fairness. <laughs> um, but he looked really, really good, really competent, and I think it gives Tyloo such another dimension to have, you know, a capable big on the floor at all times. Um, you know, again, the the big question mark hangs over their health, mm. namely Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. But if everyone's healthy with the team they've assembled. They are right there. They're right there. And these these acquisitions, as I said, Owens Highland, Eric Gordon, Mason Plumley, they're three players that could just about push them over the line, I think. I think you're spot on. And look, you look at Reggie Jackson and Luke Nard, and ideally at their very best, they have been, you know, very handy contributors for the Los Angeles Clippers. And it lost John Wall as well, sorry. John Wall was the other one. Gone back to the Rockets. Oh, <laughs> poor bloke. Um, but when you're getting those kind of guys in return, it's the, it's just the absolute payoff that you require, particularly if you're looking to make a deep playoff run. I just can't, like the, uh, what's the word? The luxury to have when um, Mason Plumley is your backup big guy Huge. is just enormous. And there's not many teams in the league which have that luxury. He's a guy who um, throughout the course of the season for the Charlotte Hornets has been putting up, Really good numbers in all key statistical categories: points, rebounds, and assists, which is a bit of a surprise. But I'm we call him Blake because we've like have you, maybe not so much you, but I, I've bashed mm. on him over the last year or two, and I, I like I'll raise my hand. Mm. I don't think maybe it's the Hornets as a whole, but maybe in the league, I don't think he's a starting center, mm. and I've said that quite passionately. Mm. But having him as a backup. Like it's huge. Super it's valuable. Huge. Super valuable. To be honest, though, with that like bashing on Plumley type thing, I think it, like he's the type of player who is kind of fun to do that with because <laughs> he, he's he's got that look about him that just looks a bit dopey. But at the end of the day, he can he can ball. Mate, he was for his size. He yeah. was moving today. Yeah. It yeah. was awesome to see him 
you know, I'm not sure how many of it will make the condensed version. Um, <laughs> you know, the 10 minute recap. Oh, he's not a highlight reel at the end of the day, is he? But he had a couple of moments, man. He was he, he yeah. was really really good, and it kind of just um, seeing that actually gave me a lot more faith in the Clippers. So mm-hmm. you know, if if everything pans out, if health, you know, is there, watch out. That's a that's a big one. And so where do, where do you envisage the Clippers come? the playoffs this season, what what do you think their potential is? Do you see them reaching the finals? Do you see them bowing out just short? Where, where are they? I see a conference finals Okay. Um, as a, as a high watermark. I probably don't see them making the NBA finals. Okay. But yep. everything going according to plan, the, the conference finals, which if you're Steve Ballmer would probably be seen as, you know, not a great return on investment mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. But um, you know, just getting Paul George, Kawhi on the court, healthy, playing together. The roster then now assembled, if they can keep that whole, yeah, I, I see them as a uh, a Western Conference finalist. Mm, I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you. Excellent, mate. What have you got there as a winner for your, your side of the bracket? My first winner is new Brooklyn Nets recruit, Mikhail Bridges. Yes. Goodness me. Woo. How about the game the other day where he knocked down a career high 45 points for Mikael Bridges. Outrageous. Outrageous. Talk about getting early returns on that trade. So good. He was he was absolutely throughout the course of that game the uh, the focal point for the Brooklyn Nets. Yep. And what think an opportunity for him. This is it's a huge opportunity because mm. at the end of the day, you look at the Phoenix Suns, you look at the guys who were ahead of him in the pecking order, you look at yep. Devin Booker, you look at DeAndre Ayton, probably up until recently. It's been Chris Paul ahead of him as well. Absolutely. He's gone onto this team now. He has the potential to be the focal point of this team. Yes. And become a, really like a legitimate star of the league. And I look at him in the same way in terms of his development and potential. And it's an early call and it's a bold call, but Go we're all it. about that. I love it. In becoming a guy like Kawhi Leonard, who's potentially be going to become the type of guy who can provide just as much on offense as he can on defense. Yeah. He's already he's already renowned as a fantastic defensive player, always in contention for the defensive player of the year. But knocking down that 45 the other day opened my eyes a little bit to be like, when he gets the opportunity that he probably hasn't had so far throughout the course of his early career, he could become a guy who is relied upon. I love um, it. I love it. And he's already he's already got a nickname in Brooklyn, Brooklyn Bridges. I, it just rolls off the tongue super well. And to me, that sort of just shows that the Brooklyn Nets, even though it's only been a few games of him, yep. they've already sort of uh, converted him into their sort of like cult hero type of type of guy. The guy who, um, you know, they're really excited to have as part of their franchise. And um, how reminiscent? And I think we said this last week. How reminiscent is it? Of that team prior to, you know, KD, Kyrie, James Harden signing, where it was just guys. The misfits. Guys, guys being guys, misfits. Yep. Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, all these blokes. Great to see Spencer Dinwiddie there back in Brooklyn as yes. well. And flour- yeah. him, and, him and Bridges kind of flourishing as those 1A, 1B kind of For go, sure. go-to guys, which For is sure. awesome. Um, but just there's no superstars. It's just guys bowling, playing good, hard team basketball Ben Simmons coming off the bench. Granted, he's been ordinary, mm. but like, what a fun team! And there's something about them that I find almost, you know, going in as the underdog most games, 
like like they were before mm. that iteration before Kyrie mm. and KD and quite endearing. It is absolutely like the fact of the matter is that they come into any given game with a chip on their shoulder yeah. to a certain extent, as if they to are say outcasts, aren't they, they are outcasts. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they've been cast in other guys' shadows throughout the course of their career, and now they're getting the opportunity to to ball out and have a bit of fun and. The expectations for the Brooklyn Nets are nowhere near as high as they were once upon a time, but you know it's been super fun to see this new, newly built Brooklyn Nets team. And tell you what, Mikael Bridges looks like he could be taking another step. Absolutely, mate. I love it. Good call. Well, I'll transition to the team that he came from, the Phoenix Suns. Mm. Namely, my winner is Chris Paul. Now, if you've been a fan of the show for a little while now, you may have heard uh, it's probably a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, I said it looked like possibly the Phoenix Suns championship window was closing mm. and rapidly. Well, that's been well and truly. The, the door's been, <laughs> it's been wide open. kicked down. It is well and truly open now. Uh, you know, with the acquisition of KD, they, they have three, four borderline top-tier NBA players. Mm. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton is the maybe, depending on where you see mm. in the NBA hierarchy, it's open to interpretation. Um, with this iteration of the roster, this is Chris Paul's best chance of winning a title. Getting TJ Warren as well. Um, they're quite a top-heavy team. So, again, pending injuries don't mm. come into the fold. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a sneaky bit of business, and he looked really good despite the loss today against the Clippers. Getting Terrence Ross... From the Magic. It's underrated signing, that one. A very underrated bit of business. Mm. He he looked fantastic today, knocking down threes, playing really hard ball, trying to make an impression on his new team there. Um, now, for Chris Paul, I th- this is as good as it gets. Like, if you're to win a title, if you can't do it with this team, you're never going to win a title. No. I, I think that's pretty much where I stand. So, for me, he's a winner, uh, but now has to start playing like a winner and acting like a winner and, and becoming a winner. Yeah, well, as you said, Nick, like if he's ever going to be renowned as a, you know, a, a guy who... You don't want to end got a to... career as good as his without, like having an NBA championship mm. would just kind of complete his resume. It's, it's the truth. And as good as a guy like, for example, John Stockton is, mm-hmm. absolute superstar of the league, I'm not disputing that. There's always for the rest of eternity going to be, oh, but he didn't win a championship. Same with Carl Malone. Yep. Um, and you don't want Chris Paul to become a guy like that. And, and for a guy who's given so much to the league, he, as um, long NBA fans, um, particularly when CP3 was coming up through the ranks, you almost feel like it, it, he deserves to win one. And you want it as an NBA fan, you want to see him get all the way because he's given us as NBA fans some really good memories coming up yeah. um, over the last you know 15 years. And for him to finally get over that hump, oh, he, he could retire without many regrets at all. Absolutely. Chris mm. Paul's a winner in my eyes. Now, I know I know. before the podcast, Nick, we said we wouldn't cross over That's much. That's all but right, mate. I love it. I, when I was, minds think alike. When I was going through the winners, I was thinking there's just no chance in hell that I can leave the Phoenix Suns team out in general because yep. as far as we were concerned, as you were saying before, it's just a matter of them being essentially dead. Like they've, they've essentially flatlined and KD's come with the refibrillator set. And the what? Refib- refib- De- refib- defibrillators. Defi- oh. Defibrillators. 
Okay, I've, I've stuffed Repeat. that up massively. <laughs> stuff. Oh dear. A few, uh, a few I hope you're, not on, your, I hope you're not on your deathbed and you're asking, like, you need help. Get the refibrillators. Like, yeah, like mate, everyone's going to be scratching their head. Like, what's it? By the time we find out what you're actually trying to process, you'll be gone. There's no coming back. Note to self. No, Do not to... go into medical industry anytime soon because that'll end in tears and or death. Um, Phoenix Suns, but. You know, the fact of the matter is that, as you said, they're now legitimate championship contenders yes. to the point where yep. they, are, are they the are they, they the most favourite in the pick West? Now? I think they have to be. With you a healthy got them K- over Denver? With a healthy KD, yes. I think so. I Ooh, think so. Well, what a series that would be. Hey, Denver that, against Phoenix. That's everyone big, healthy? That's a huge call with wow. Denver up about five to six games on their next best in the West mm-hmm. because they're, they're – they're one of these teams who we probably don't give credit to no. as much as we should. But I think in a playoff series, oh. I'll probably go with them. Um, wow. But getting KD, not yeah. only we know he's a 30-point-a-night player, but not only that, he brings a championship pedigree, which is super important when you vine for these um, yep. deep runs in the end of the season. And he's also got that extreme desire to head back to the finals and win another championship because at the end of the day, he will go down as one of the best scorers of all time, but he also wants to go down as one of the most prolific winners of all time. Yep. Um, And I think he's on a mission to do that. And it's hard if you're in opposition because more often than not, when when you're solely playing a team with either either Devin Booker or Kevin Durant, Mm. you're double teaming them. Mm. Now you've got both of those guys on the court at the same time. Even if he's not getting the ball, the, the attention he commands is huge. Exactly right. What this will result in is guys like Devin Booker and CP3 just getting really good looks, I think, at the yep. end of the day. Because as you, as you just said, like guys of that caliber cannot be ignored and often they'll get double and potentially triple teams at time depending on how hot they're playing that night. Absolutely. And I think that's going to mean Devin Booker's efficiency Shoot straight straight the up. Roof. Mate, I agree 100%. Mm. They are a team to be feared. Watch out for the Phoenix Suns. Let's transition to our losers. Now, this will be a quick one from me because they're a small loser. The Sacramento Kings. Now, it's not they did anything bad. Um, I think just like, as as we've said, just making the playoffs this season is going to be a big, big win. A Mm. raging success there if you're in Sacktown. Yet every, everyone around them has got considerably better. You look at the Clippers, Mavs, Suns, I think it's going to be very, very hard for them to maintain that third position now. Set fifth to sixth seems a lot more likely. Mm. Um, so I give them a small loser, a small loser, small just, because loser. Of, just because of that fact. You know, As I said, not doing anything too wrong. Uh, I watched the game the other day, the Kings against the mm. Suns. You know, granted, without KD... Um, the Suns just looked pretty well in control. And mm. there was there was just that disparity in class. And despite them being third, um, being a feel-good story this season, I think as we come into the back end of the season, and the playoffs in particular, they'll get found out a little mm. bit, mm. which, again, is more than fine. Mm. You know, 100% not taking anything away from what they've achieved. Mm. It is whatever happens from here. They could lose the remaining 20-odd games. And this season could be considered a success. Um, 
But I just think, from in my mind, they're a small loser because of that fact. <laughs> a small, small loser, loser, small losers. Yeah, I mean, at the end small of the day, small loser, still a loser, still a loser at the end of the day. And I mean, I wonder if they got to this trade deadline, looked at their spot on the standings, and thought, mm, look, let's not mess with a good thing, and potentially and that might have been And then everyone else went, mm, we've got some work to do, and God, they did some work, didn't they? But I, I agree with you. To some extent, and to some extent, I understand what they're doing because I think if you you've got things going really well, there's there's a part in the back of your mind, and you Nick as well, like playing sport. Mm-hmm. There's a part where when things are going well, you just don't feel like adjusting yeah, much. Yeah, of if, course. If things 100%. are yeah, so I think there's certainly a bit of that, but I certainly understand as well the fact that um, you know you've got to continue to improve, particularly if you're a team like the Kings who. Um, probably a bit surprise or very surprising to be as high as they are. Yes. And then um, not to make any additional moves, you know, come the back end of the season. Yep. They could be regretting that a slightly, you know, come the playoffs when they come up against these other teams like the Suns who have drastically imp- improved. But and I suppose they think they made all their big, big moves in the offseason, adding Kevin Huerta, adding Malik Monk. <laughs> Um, all these blokes like they made their big moves then absolutely um but yeah just just a little Mm -hmm. just a little on the uh on the losing end of the spectrum yeah yep i don't mind that fire away tiger what have you got for a loser now this isn't a little loser this is a big loser huge loser the biggest the biggest loser one could say you beat me to it nick um the chicago bulls oh now the bulls are They are, Nick. They really are. And they Shout out to Apex. Oh, Apex he'll, isn't going to like this, this segment. This. If you're Apex, you might Shout need to Caleb. mute for the next few yeah. minutes because Give them hell. the Bulls are at this very moment in absolute no man's land. Like it came to the trade period and in my mind, and I think uh, I'd argue in your mind as well, yep. Nick, they had to make a move of some description. Now, whether that move be... Uh, recruiting guys who can elevate them back up the standings at least into playoff contention or, and this would be my preferred option, I know I'm not a Bulls fan and it's easier to say this, but the fact of the matter is I think they'd almost be better off offloading some of their core group. They're two games back of the plane at the minute. They're currently yeah. sitting 11th with a 26 and 33 record, two games back of the Raptors, uh, currently riding a six-game losing streak. Six-game losing streak. And... The Bulls were one of uh, the Bulls are actually one of two teams in the trade period not to make any trades whatsoever. The other being the Cleveland Cavaliers. The difference between the two is the Cleveland Cavaliers have a clear direction as to where they're heading. Yes. And they're in legitimate contention, really, in the East. Yeah. And the Chicago Bulls are just nowhere to be seen. I think going forward, they've got so many question marks over a lot of their core group of players. We look at Zach, Lef- like Zach Levine. Oh. <laughs> we almost, almost. You got that. <laughs> um, but he's a guy who, you know, has been in trade rumors for a long time. We look at yeah. Lonzo. He's hardly ever out there. We look at. He hasn't played all season, has he? No, he hasn't. Look at Vooch. He's always in trade rumors and arguably doesn't fit in that roster to a lesser extent. I think DeMar DeRozan is in trade talks, but you know, nonetheless, Moves to be made. These guys need to get a move on in terms of what direction they're heading because after this trade period, it was very much a sigh from me in terms of what are you, what are you actually planning to do? We don't, 
I think one of my pet hates as an NBA fan, particularly around this time of the year, are, are the teams who refuse to make a call either way. You don't want to be sitting in that weird spot where you're not contending, but you're also not committing to a rebuild. Yeah, and the Chicago Bulls are doing exactly that. They're too good to bottom out. At the yes. Yep. They're not good enough at this stage to even make the play. No. Um, no. It's, I, I 100% agree. I'm 100% on board with you. Mm. Something had to change. A move had to be made. Um, I'm sure there were plenty of suitors out there. As I said, even Russell Westbrook was on the, uh, mm. on the, on the talk there for a little while. Mm. Just something, an injection of energy. Yes. Um, you know, love him or hate him, you can't debate what he actually brings to a team, uh, which is unparalleled energy mm. and enthusiasm. Mm. Now, harnessing that energy is another, you know, another equation altogether. Einstein's still figuring that one out as we speak, <laughs> but there are merits to it. And the mm. fact they didn't pull any trigger whatsoever, I think it's just a sign of where they're at at the minute. I'm with you. Well, let's move ahead to a team that's just barely above them, and uh, the the Toronto Raptors. Mm. Spoken about them quite extensively this season. Again, another team that's somewhat in no man's land, been a little bit better as of late. Uh, currently riding a two game win streak. They're six and four in their last ten, tenth in the standings with a twenty eight and thirty one record. For me, I think. You know, I love the acquisition of Jakob Pertl coming back to the franchise. He was initially dealt in the Kawhi Leonard trade. In his debut game against the Magic on Wednesday, he dropped 30 points, nine rebounds on 15 of 17 field goals. Now, six blocks. Oh, yeah, six blocks. Six <laughs> blocks as well. Block party. I, yep. I actually picked them. I, th- I thought the Magic were going to win this one. Mm. I really, really did. And Pertl was a huge factor as to why the Raptors won. Yet that being said, I still think they could have done a lot more in this trade period, in particular in regards to offloading some of their their players with currently high trade value, namely Mm -hmm. OG Ananobi. Mm -hmm. He's a guy who's been spoken about very, very highly across the league in recent months. Um, You know, the packages that could be garnered for him. He's still got very high trade value. Still very high trade value, Mm -hmm. despite being out at the moment. Um, You know, and I think that they could have gone... You know, I I, th- I think the route they could have gone at the moment mm. is really bolstering their depth. Mm. Outside of their starting five, they've got blokes like Thad Young, Malachi Flynn, Delano Banton um, coming off your bench. They really are a five-team squad, mm. a, a five-man roster. Mm. They are, um, aren't they? And, yeah, no, it's Nick Nurse is pretty much playing these guys. We spoke about it last week, 40-plus minutes a game. The bench has seen very little game time. Yeah, no, I... I just don't know where they're at at the minute. In a playing matchup, I think once those starting five are resting, despite, you know, it doesn't matter how small a period it is, they're going to get absolutely waxed. Mm, they fall off a cliff when their starting five goes off. And I, I, I really think, you know, that starting five is good. It's, mm. it, it's good. You know, you look at Scotty Barnes, Siakam, Fred Van Bleet, OG when he comes back in, uh, Achua, Purtle. They're kind of your main six guys. Mm. You know, you could leave Achua out if you want to. Um but in a playing matchup, they're going to be in serious trouble. And I think they could have offloaded one of those players, in particular Ananobi, got back a decent hole and just bolstered their depth. Because at the minute, again, another team that's somewhat in no man's land. Very much so. And a lot of the longer you spoke there, the more I thought about the similarities between them and the Bulls in terms of, yes, being in no man's land, but also having the players who, their core group of players, maybe with the exception of Pascal Siakam, of guys who might 
might have been really good trade targets mm. and might have presented a lot of value. If you think of how many teams would have gone, who would have wanted a, a steady point guard like Fred Van Bleet, yep. who would have wanted a, a three and D type guy in OG who can mm-hmm. who can operate at a high high level on both ends of the mm-hmm. floor. You know, this there were opportunities there. They've been spoken about for a long time, and they didn't do anything with it. You know, I, I give them a plus for getting Purdle. I think he's a great acquisition, and it was certainly an area that needed to be addressed. Mm. But I still think they could have done considerably more, especially if they wanted to make some impact in the play. And, and fingers crossed for their sake, the playoffs this season. Mm. Make a decision either way. Make a move or make a move to improve your squad or alternatively make a move to actually commit to a rebuild or you know, something along those lines. We just don't like you staying in the same position. Hurdle's not going to move the needle that much. Like he's, and that was an outlier. That game the yeah. other day, you know, thirty points, nine rebounds, six blocks. You know, that's, that's a career best game for that. Hurdle. That's that's a high watermark. Yes. You're not getting that yeah. day in and day out. So you know, certainly don't get accustomed to that. No, what watch watch him now drop like forty points, <laughs> twenty seven rebounds, and six. Bl- Six blocks again. He'll just go bananas, I reckon, now in spite of us. He's going to turn into Yoka type. Uh, um, version two. Let's hope not for our yeah, reputation's yeah, sake. exactly. Um, it's at such a high level already. Yes. Yeah. My second loser, and it's probably a little bit of an unexpected one, is John Collins from the Atlanta Hawks. Ooh. Now, how Nick, tell me this. Okay. How many trade periods need to go past without John Collins getting dealt after being such a like such a, a focal point of the trade period yes. in terms of this guy is always spoken about as one of the main trade targets like yep. year after year i reckon it's happened for the last minimum 2 years and he is still there and he's at a team where they the Atlanta Hawks don't value John Collins he, and he would have to know this given the fact that he's always in trade talks, he's always been touted as the guy who could potentially be a part of a swap, still has value. Yeah. I think that would have to be an awful feeling for Johnny Collins. Like, I agree. And the fact of the matter mm. is his play this year has reflected, I guess, how he's feeling at the Atlanta Hawks. This year he's averaging uh, career low points since his rookie season in 2017-2018, and he's averaging a career low in rebounds as well. Yep. And for me, I thought a trade, a trade and a change of scenery would have ultimately, hopefully, resulted in him revitalising his career, him you know, living up to the expectations that a lot of NBA fans have of John Collins and know he's capable of in the right situation. There's a vision of him, isn't there? There is. In a perfect world, you can see him being such a high-energy, high-impact player on both ends of the court. Yep. But often reality doesn't meet expectations. It doesn't. And to a certain extent, I almost feel like the DeJounte Murray trade over to the Atlanta Hawks has hampered him even more because he's not really given as much opportunity to particularly on the offensive end, not given the opportunity to live up to his potential because he's a fair fair bit back in terms of the pecking order. And that's the Hawks as a whole at the moment. They're currently mm. eighth, but with a with a minus 500 record, currently sitting 29 and 30, that would be not, it's not super demoralizing, but that's certainly not where they thought they would be given that acquisition no. of, of DeJounte Murray. They're underperforming. And the squad they've assembled, that is well under us at the minute. And, you know, as you said, and coming back to that that main overarching point on John Collins, 
he would certainly be feeling demoralized, I reckon. Um, there's only mm. so often you can hear your name thrown about these rumors, thrown about trade, trade packages and things of the kind. You know, it starts to permeate in. You start mm. to think about it, you start to dwell on it, and it sometimes carries across into the court. So put yourself in Johnny Collins' shoes. I'd imagine hate- you're at work, Nick. Imagine you're sitting down. You get a you're included in an email. You're you you're CC'd into an email and it says, Nick Samet, we might be looking to offload this bloke if you can give us something in return. My paycheck's still coming in each week. Your paycheck's still coming okay. in, but you know. And then not at the, the end same of the, job satisfaction. Year after year. No, absolutely not. Year after year, you're still receiving, you're still getting CC'd into these emails yeah. saying we don't really value you that much here, but you're still there. Do you reckon you'd be a disgruntled employee? Oh, my word. I'd I think be, you would be. You know, I'm I'm physically clocking in each day, mentally clocking out straight after. <laughs> Do you think your production at work would be very high? I can't imagine Wouldn't so. have thought so. No. <laughs> Tell you what, analogies have been on the button tonight. On point. I yeah. love it. I'm all for on it. On point I... like Mace. Oh, big Mace running the point. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Plumdog Millionaire. Go mm. go check it out just quickly. He was unbelievable. I'll have today. to watch I that. I didn't see it. It's really, really impressive. Mm. Bro, I love it. There we go. There is some winners and losers from both Roe and myself uh, off the back of what we spoke about last week with the NBA trade deadline. As we come into the All-Star break now, next week we'll be sure to recap you guys on everything went, that went down. As well, we're now approaching the last 25-odd games for mm. most of these teams before we enter the play, playoff picture. It is, every game now is pivotal. For a lot of these teams, you know, you look in the Western Conference, how congested it is, the Lakers, the Pelicans, the the Blazers, OKC, the Jazz, so congested. Likewise, in the East, we've still got the Bulls trying to contend, trying to catch up to the Raptors mm-hmm. and teams of the kind. There's a lot of exciting storylines to play out. We're going to keep you covered on everything from the NBA. Um, Rose repping the hat there for the Jack Jumpers, the NBL. Game three, after a really clutch win here in Hobart last night Huge for the NBL team. finals against the Breakers. Game three returns to New Zealand on Sunday. Be sure to check in Monday. I'll be doing a podcast focused on recapping everything from the NBL finals as they play out. Um, mate, what a week it's been. If you're a basketball fan, there is no better time. As you said last week, Nick, it's been Christmas for us NBA fans with the amount of action going on, the amount of content we are able to produce with, you know, as a result of the amount of the Absolutely. action. It's It's been hectic. Um, but we wouldn't have it any other way. Mate, I've had a blast with you tonight. Looking forward to having Lee back next week. It's going to be a hell of a week. Guys, enjoy All-Star Weekend. We can't wait to discuss it all with you next week. Till then, have a great week and we'll talk to you soon.